Welcome back to the Worldview Minute. As we continue to answer the question, who is man, we now need to examine his purpose, the job that is given to him. Why did God make man? And again, the answer is given to us in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. God decided to make man in his own image. In his own image, he created them male and female, and he gives them this charge, sometimes called the creation mandate or the cultural mandate. I prefer that second one, the cultural mandate. Because to cultivate something is to bring something about out of what is already there. And God says to the man, you know, be fruitful, multiply, go forward throughout the earth, and basically to bring Eden to the ends of the earth, subdue the earth, rule over it, and to work the ground and to bring forth from it the potential that is already within God's created order. And then in Genesis 2, uh, God gives Adam, he places him in the garden, and he gives him the garden to work and to keep. This tells us that work is there before the fall. Work is not a result of the fall. Work gets more difficult because of the fall. Genesis 3, God says you're going to now bring fruit from the ground by the sweat of your brow. You're going to bring forth, bring forth uh, thorns and thistles instead of the fruit that you want. So work gets infinitely more difficult after the fall. But God made man, in one sense, to work. Going back to our first video in the man series, or our first podcast in the man series, is this idea that man is both priest and he is king. He was created to be in relationship with God. And as a sub-king, underneath the authority of God, he then rules on God's behalf. We bear the image of God and we are his representative rulers of creation. Creation functions best when man is doing his job in a God-honoring way. In other words, the whole world is a garden. And if we don't upkeep it like we are supposed to, then it goes down the tubes. Uh, The the thorns and the thistles grow when we act in sinful ways that even multiplies the, the growth of the pain in our created order. And so we see in the creation account, God himself works for six days and on the seventh he rested. Likewise, God commands man to rest on the seventh day, but he also is supposed to work for six days. Why does man work? Because he is like God. If you refuse to work, then you are dehumanizing yourself. To take work away from individuals is a way to make them less than what they were designed to be. At the heart of who man is, at least part of who man is, is a worker who represents God's rule over this universe. And we need to be careful here because work is not just your occupation. It's not just outside of the home. You can be a homemaker and you're working, you're fulfilling that cultural mandate. You can be out mowing your lawn, you're bringing order to this world. You can be planting a garden in your spare time. You can be out on the lake fishing and you are ruling over creation as a representative of God. Even sports and and, and things like, uh, like art or things like computer games or video games are simulations of work. All right, computer games have a creational mandate, a cultural mandate. Here are the rules. Here is how you are successful. Uh, a sport like baseball is simulated work, right? So one guy has a ball. He tries to throw it past the other guy who holds a really big stick, all right? And so he's trying to win by getting the ball past him a certain amount of time, getting enough outs. And the other guy's trying to win by hit, hitting that ball with his big stick past these other individuals. But that's work. It may be fun work. And in that recreational type of work that we often do, I think we see what work was like before the fall and what work will be like, or at least our experience of it, after the recreation. Work is not the problem. The problem is that sin has been introduced into the equation. And so part of what it means to be a human is to be productive. It is to work in some way, shape, or form. Whether it be raising your children, whether it be mowing your lawn, whether it be producing a product that shows love for your neighbors that is good and and beneficial to them, we are taking what God has made in this world and we are bringing forth its potential. So God has created this world bursting 
with potential and it is our job as his representatives to work in God's playground and to bring forth those things that God has already imbued or or put into the creation. So God makes trees. Man takes trees and he makes a wooden rocking chairs. He makes tables. He makes houses. God doesn't make the house, but he makes the the products that we then turn them into, the, the raw materials that we then bring products out of. And so part of the purpose of man is this, that we are meant to work. That is the cultural mandate. That includes music, the arts, science. It includes your occupation. It includes raising your family, upkeeping your home. And all of that, we reflect God. And all of that was given to us before the fall. It's damaged by the fall, but it does not go away. Sometimes some theologians will say the cultural mandate uh, doesn't really exist anymore. After the fall, it's lost. But God gives that same mandate to uh, Noah post the fall, after the fall in Genesis 9. It is then also talked about as who is man in Psalm 8? Who is he? Well, Psalm 8 answers that by going back to the creation or the cultural mandate in Genesis chapter 1. He is to have dominion over this earth. This is what it means to be a human. You are designed to work. Is all of your worth and value found in your work? No. But there is a certain dignity found in doing good and righteous work. And so what we find here is that contrary to what a lot of Christians say, that is an important, it is very important for Christians to be about culture building and culture making. The word culture comes from the word cultivate. That is to take what God has placed in this world and to bring something out of it. Culture is what man does in God's world. So that is not just arts, not just high culture, but that's a part of it. But it is everything that we do. This is inescapable for humans. And the church must equip its people to cultivate the world in a Christ-honoring way. Because though in the fall, our work was damaged and our image of God was damaged, it was not lost. And we read, for example, in the book of Romans, that we are being restored to the image of God the Son. To the image of the Son. That image is being restored. You can work now with renewed purpose, knowing that Christ is Lord over everything. So part of the application of this purpose of man, of his job, is that you see this universal scope of the Christian worldview right here. Go forth, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, bring order and dominion to it. That includes your entire life, right? Christianity is not just for Sunday morning. It's not just for your private devotional life. Christianity gives to you meaning in everything you do. Or as the reformers, like Martin Luther would say, even the shoemaker is serving God. One of the things the Protestant reformers did that we have somewhat lost is the Catholic Church said, if you really want to serve God, you need to become a monk or a nun. You need to enter a monastery or enter the ministry. That's the only way you can save God. The Protestant Reformation came in and said, no, you can serve God through all of life. Even if you're making shoes, even if you're doing what some would call secular work, you are serving and glorifying God because you are fulfilling that creational mandate. Sadly, the inheritors of the Protestant Reformation in in America, evangelicalism, have gone back to a Catholic way of thinking. That if you really want to serve God, you have to enter ministry. Ministry is a great and glorious calling. It's a calling on my life. But all of life is Christ. Christ is Lord over all of life. So every occupation, if it's not an inherently sinful occupation, every occupation you can and should be bringing glory to God and to your Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to read to you a quote here from Henry Meter uh, that that really helps um, solidify this for us. He says this, In his cultural task, man is to take the raw materials of this universe and subdue them, make them serve his purpose and bring them to nobler and higher levels, thus bringing out the possibilities which are hidden in nature. When thus developed, man is to lay his entire cultural product, the whole creation, at the feet of him who is king of man and of nature, in whose image man and all things are created. 
And that is our job, to take that inherent potential and to bring glory to God as we bring out of that good that glorifies God and helps our neighbors. And so we see here that the Christian worldview gives us this universal scope. Man has rule over the entire cosmos as a representative of God. And this means you need the Christian worldview, you need the Christian faith to inform whatever occupation you have as you bring glory to God and you serve him and you subdue the earth that he has laden with beauty and potential. I encourage you to like, comment, and share this video and continue on on this journey as we bring the Christian worldview into all of life, building those little blocks through biblical and systematic theology. Thank you again for joining us on this journey.